If you're in Quebec City and drive north along the western shore of the St. Lawrence River, after an hour, you'll come to the Basilica of St. Anne de Beaupre, built by early French Jesuit settlers in 1658 to house what was believed to be a miraculous statue of St. Anne. It soon became a site of local pilgrimage, and by 1707, Huron Native Americans, who in Canada are called the First Nations, were coming to venerate the saint they called Grandmother in the Faith. The first miraculous healing attributed to the intervention of St. Anne was the curing of a crippled workman in 1658. This was followed by the unexplained and very unlikely safe deliverance of a group of sailors from the deadly storm in 1670. Miracles and spontaneous healings continue to be associated with the miraculous statue. Some believe in concert with the healing waters that flow in the ground beneath the church. These phenomenal purifications have continued over the centuries to the present day. A chapel in the basilica is stacked with crutches, canes, body braces, collars, shoes, supports, and wheelchairs no longer needed. Accessories left behind by those who arrived infirm, but having been healed of their afflictions, were able to walk from the basilica without them. At all times, a battery of candles flicker in the chapel's dim light, said to be burning witnesses of the ardent faith of those pilgrims who come to be freed of their afflictions. I have visited the Basilica more than once, not as a pilgrim, but as one of the many tourists who come from around the world to simply be there. It is extraordinary, energetically bountiful and fiercely empowering, rendering insignificant any disuniting particularities of one's religious beliefs or practices. The idea of a sacred place, spiritually fertile, where one with faith and immersed in the resident zest can overcome crippling afflictions has always captured my imagination and, as metaphor, reinforced my motivational Buddhist fancies. Hence the following. There's a place in Washington State's Eastern Cascades in the heart of the region known as the Alpine Lakes Wilderness that Maria and John like to visit. It is locally known as the Enchantments, a wonderland of soft tundra meadows, glacial lakes, crystal clear streams, and impossibly massive granite rock formations. After a not too long hike from one of the trailheads, one enters a beautiful low-grass alpine meadow, complete with a flowing stream leading to a waterfall at the meadow's far end. When Maria and John visit, they like to bring along several organic bell peppers of different colors, green, red, yellow, and orange, as well as some deep blue lapis lazuli stones that John brought back from the Himalayas in years past. They have a favorite afternoon sunlit place in the meadow, a flat spot near the waterfall, on which they spread a treasured blanket of Maria's. On the blanket, which is used only on their visits to the enchantments, they place some votive candles, a small Chenrezig statue, and two sandalwood malas. Just beyond the edge of the blanket, they dig a small hole in the ground and sit together facing it. 
They settle into the environment and after some quiet moments begin to grind the lapis into a gritty powder and cut the peppers into pieces. Softly spoken intentions of morality, prayers, and six-syllable mantra recitations follow, and then in turn each selects a piece of pepper to which a recently experienced klesha or unwholesome afflictive emotion is attributed, imputing that emotion into the pepper slice. Red seems to be the color they most commonly identify kleshas with. Then a pinch of blue lapis powder is sprinkled on the pepper piece, signifying the presence of the curative strength and purity of the Medicine Buddha. The chosen klesha emotion is softly communicated and then the pepper slice, now an offering, is gently laid in the hole. With each offering, Maria and John allow their imaginations to expand visualizing they are helping purify the karmas and delusions of the sentient beings of the six realms, clearing the way for bodhicitta to arise in their minds. This is done with each piece, one after another. Patiently, they take their time with this, understanding the causes for these afflictive emotions, deeply seated in sentient minds, are not so easily dislodged. Their practice is both solemn and joyous, at times intensely so. Sometimes John and Maria pause and hold hands, content to simply be participants in the process. They talk about the Dharma, the precious teachings that nourish so many. They reflect upon those in their lives they know and care for, both human and animal. They share how fortunate they are to have found each other. They also laugh a lot, more peppers go into the klesha hole, one after another, each representing the identification and removal of a mental state that arises to cloud the mind and manifest in unwholesome action, anger and grasping, frustration and arrogance, fear and greed, insecurity and envy, anxiety, depression, hatred, conceit, delusion, confusion, doubt, torpor, restlessness, craving and clinging, and the mother of all clushes, the self-cherishing thought, the direct progeny of ignorance. The atmosphere is spectacular. To be in the midst of such natural beauty overwhelms, so invigorating, so wholesome. With each visit, this alpine meadow is becoming more and more a familiar wilderness home for John and Maria. They are grateful to have found it, their love feels particularly alive, strong, and fertile here. This shared place of cleansing, of removing obstacles and limitations, of freedom, of healing, a place of release from all boundaries, a garden of bodhicitta. After some time, they fill in the hole, gather their belongings, and head back to the car, often singing softly. With minds open and abundant, their walk out differs from the walk in. The ground now seems a bit softer, their steps lighter, the wilderness colors richer, the sounds of birds experienced as the enchantingly sweet ting-ting of graceful little bodhicitta bells. They are together sharing a familiar knowing, a deep sense of inspired, open-minded welcome an unshakable understanding that whatever lies before them will be experienced as opportunities for virtue. 
Dharma moments, met and embraced with increasing clarity and ease. Good hearts, fertile minds, confident, hopeful, harmonious, increasingly capable, enriched by the lush landscape of the enchantments. And as Maria loves to humorously remind John, everything, including their minds, inherently empty of it all. Years and distance melt together, as do virtuous paths of belief and practice. It's not difficult to see Maria and John's thoughts and feelings, indeed, their intentions, empowered by Tibetan Buddhist sensibilities, as close kin to those of deep faith in French Canada, who, through the years, left their crutches and braces behind in that glorious cathedral, at long last walking freely and unencumbered into the days of their lives. This recording, Crutches and Bell Peppers, was written by Mark Winwood and included in his 2016 collection of writings, Am Stopping My Finger Now, Tibetan Buddhist Musings for Western Life. Mark is the founder of the Chenrizik Project, a Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group currently resident in Washington State and with a national online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrizik Project at www.chenrizikproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. The background music titled Fabiana was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega and appears on his 2017 album Matters of the Heart. You can learn more about Bobby and his music at his website www.bobbyvega.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com. Or, and he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. We remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity in sharing his beautiful music with our listeners. Please feel free to share the links to this with those you feel it might resonate. My name is Kathy Adams. Thank you for listening.